This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Everybody, welcome to the Lucas Johnson Lost the Bet Podcast with me, Lucas. I got Christian Uriah and our, our special guest, Jonathan Gibb, one of our contributors here. Of course, I lost the bet between me and Chris at the beginning of the season where I said Ben Simmons would not get traded. And of course, he does. So I have lost the bet, guys. But in a good, I'm happy in a way. I'm not happy about what I have to do now. But I'm happy in a way because we get none other than James Harden. How excited were you guys? Um, pretty, pretty darn excited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the time now. Let's go. So let's jump right in, guys. Um, well, I'll hold up. Do we need to explain the bet the the bet again before we get into it? Or you're right. Do you want to do this? Or we're gonna Real- make Lucas wear a Ben Simmons jersey on Twitter. Right. The original bet was he was supposed to wear a B-ball Paul jersey, but we've amended the terms, and he's gonna wear a Ben Simmons jersey. Like. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, but you know what? If we win a championship, I will, I will wear the disgrace jersey for season on Twitter, or until Ben Simmons makes a three pointer with the Nets. Hopefully, I'm kind of hoping that that happens sooner. So, as we've alluded to, um, James Harden is a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. The trade dropped like at 1:30 Eastern. Um, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks to Brooklyn for James Harden and Paul Millsap. John, you, we'll go to you first. Were you surprised at all that this happened, that it actually freaking happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely surprised Harden's in Philly today. I, uh, I'm not surprised about Maury. I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best GM and dealmaker in the league, and Every year at the trade deadline, you know he's going to make moves. But, I mean, this escalated in, like, the last 72 hours. It went from, like, pure speculation and possible conversations to this morning, KD liking something about James Harden not wanting to be in Brooklyn. So it went off the rails fast. And, I I mean, I was I, – I knew Harden wanted to come here. I kind of thought that the offseason was the prime time and when it would happen, but – um, not surprised to Maury, surprised with the timing, but extremely happy. I mean, we look at like what was that uh Daryl Maury interview like two weeks ago, a month ago? Like it wasn't that long where he said it was less likely than likely. He was setting up the narrative to where if he failed to trade Ben Simmons, the fan base would have accepted that. And then this happens and it started happening, and I remember the first time that I thought that it was a possibility, it was a couple I would I want to say about two weeks ago when Ken the episode of All the Smoke premiered with Kendrick Perkins being the guest and Kendrick Perkins dropping that little nugget of knowledge for us because Kendrick Perkins still plugged into the league's players. You know, he knew that Ben Simmons wasn't going to play for the Sixers and he knew that James Harden wanted out to Philly before anybody else started re- to report on it. So that's that's when I saw started thinking this might be a possibility, it might not be, but um was I surprised that Daryl Morey was able to get a draft a deal done today? A little bit, yeah. I, I'd say I, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it was impossible, but I thought it was unlikely just due to the fact that the Nets seemed very resistant until James Harden made the public, you know, request asking to be traded this morning. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, just last night I tweeted out like, why do I get my hopes up for things I know will never happen? So this is a bit of a whirlwind for me. Um, like just yesterday, Woj was basically like these teams haven't talked at all. Woj was the only one saying that though, because Brian Windhorse was saying it, Shams was saying it. It definitely seemed like Brooklyn was, in, I, I assume now for leverage, saying like we'll just treat this like Kawhi, you know, one and done. We'll see if we can win, and if not. You know, Harden's out in the summer, but we might be willing to do that. Apparently not. Probably the right move for them. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I I was pretty pleasantly surprised. Um, I know for me, I found out driving to class. I was, like, driving through downtown Athens at 1.30 at the stoplight, and the little Bleacher Report notification comes up. It's like, James Harden's a sixer. Like, wow. Um, 
So how did you find out, John? What was like that moment of realization for you? I was just working and I had the uh, ESPN NBA trade deadline show on in the background. I was firmly expecting if it was going to happen at all to happen like right at the end, like right around three. But um, Malika Andrews cut off someone who was talking at like, like you said, around one thirty, and just said like, we have big news, dropped it. And I mean, I was stunned. I had to throw on the do not disturb for the rest of the day. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, just it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. So I'm sitting at school, Lucas can relate. And I had a, a break, and I'm on my break. I'm listening to 97.5, and the cuz was on, and they're all hype. Every, everybody's waiting on Twitter. And then finally, Gargano says, it's here. It's happened. And they read the report. The funny thing was my phone, like my, my classroom phone is like 30 feet away, and it started ringing. I couldn't get to it. So I was like, all right, they'll call back. Next thing I know, I over the loudspeaker in the whole school, Mr. Young, please call the main office. I was like, oh, man, something's going on. Maybe like a kid has to go home early. I call the office and my my assistant principal was like, did you hear what happened? Did you hear about the Ben Simmons trade? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah, they really wanted me to. Know. Yes, that's awesome. I wish my my uh, my principal, he, he was into basketball. He's more football guy, though. But uh, that's cool, man. Um I found out on my bathroom break at work. Actually, I was just—I it was probably like five minutes after the news dropped. I went to the bathroom, and I just—you know—you check your phone when you're on your bathroom break, and it was there. Uh, ESPN, uh, you know, notification. I was like, and I was so hyped. <laughs> I, I was flush bent down the toilet. Very nice. Very uh-huh. good. Right to Brooklyn. Yeah. I feel like the people who were driving around me were probably pretty concerned <laughs> through my window. Um, you were screaming. You were going nuts. I was I was pretty excited. I, I, I had to make sure I wasn't like talking in the bathroom because it's like a one stall bathroom <laughs> in the teacher's you. lounge. I can, so imagine, I, <laughs> I can imagine Chris saying, James freaking Harden. <laughs> Everybody on the highway is like, what is it's, going on with this guy? It wasn't the highway. It was downtown Athens. So they're like kids crossing crosswalks. It's pretty tight. So. And you are checking your phone. Shame on you. No, face. I was at the red light and the notification popped up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I promise. Mm-hmm. No, it would have been extremely awkward for me because I work in a school mostly of women because it's an elementary school. So <laughs> imagine if I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs and I'm like, heck yes. And then a, a lady passes by the restroom. I'm just like, oh, gosh, no. That's why I had to make sure I keep my face down. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I just appreciate Daryl for getting it done. I had class at 2.20, so I was able to write the like the article before class. I, yes, I you was did. really afraid that it was going to go down the middle of class. And I was going to be really pissed. So I appreciate him for getting it done as quickly as he could. Uh-huh. So, John, at this point, what grade would you give Maury um, for his tenure as president of basketball operations? I think he's going to get judged on this trade as like obviously the overarching like grade for for uh, his tenure so far, and I think we still need to see it play out a little bit. Um, obviously, I think he's one of the only people that could have made this happen today, so it's got to get him in the A's. But I, I just thinking that we could have gotten it for a little less in the summer was what I was kind of expecting all along. Um, but to be able to pull this off now without giving up Max or Thibel, uh it's got to be in the A's. If we're if we're going for his overall tenure, I'm going to give it a B plus. And the reason why I don't give it an A is this: how he handled Ben Simmons and his relationship with Ben uh, prior to the first time he almost tried to trade Ben for Harden, and then this time, like it's just I, I didn't feel like he tried to make a strong connection with Ben, and he even admitted that on the on his most recent interview. So I, 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 you know, part of a GM is, you know, connecting with your star players and he's done that with Joel. I mean, we've seen pictures of him and Joel playing tennis, but um, I just, he could have, I felt like interpersonally he could have handled Ben better, but I mean, transactionally you, you look at this, the only like transaction that you could probably like be like, uh, maybe not was like, well, honestly, never mind. I can't think of a good one. I mean, you could you can complain about Jaden Springer not being a ready made, you know, going for a you know a project versus a you know ready to contribute guy, but that's 
you know, picking, you know, being picky at that point. Jane Springer so. was a great pick. Um, <laughs> look, I, I mean, I when Daryl Morey was hired, Al Horford and Josh Richardson were still on the roster. That's very true. Now we have James Harden. I, it's really hard to complain. I mean, you could argue that he should have done more at the deadline last year ahead of the playoffs. The George Hill trade didn't work out that well. But, like, a lot of people were critical of him for holding on to Maxi over Hart over Lowry. And, like, that seems to be the right decision. I would say rocked. so. So, yeah. he's been pretty rock solid. Um, he's taken a really bad situation. On, you know, part part, part was, of his own doing. A team that was agreed, not his own doing. I'm talking about the Ben part. Uh, I'm talking about the Ben part, but yeah, I just mean overall. Like when he got Mm -hmm. here, the team had been incompetently managed for years. They had a terrible roster around Joel and Ben. Sure, the Ben thing is maybe sort of kind of his fault, but that I mean, come on, that's Ben. It's also it's mostly on Ben. I I I think. Yeah. So I I think. I mean, I'm comfortable giving him an A. Like you said, John, it's really going to come down to how this whole Harden thing works out. Like, if it bombs, then everyone's going to not give him an A. We, It's like, wait and see. But I, I'm pretty confident in the Harden trade. I think it's the right move. Obviously, there's risk involved. We'll talk about it. But he's killed it. He's taken a really bad situation and turned it into two top ten players with a pretty decent supporting cast. He's kept Maxi. He managed to keep Seibel. Tobias is not his fault. So, I mean, it's hard not to give him an A. I'll give him an A. I'll be kind. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. And we're going to talk more about, like, our thoughts about the addition of Harden. Uh, Jonathan, for you, what was your initial thoughts when James Harden be, about James Harden becoming a sixer? This move, I mean, it signals championship or bust. Like, clearly, Maury's trying to maximize Embiid's MVP season, and then we're going for it now. That was my immediate thoughts. I mean, we have Harden definitely under contract for two years, whatever that's worth. Um, But he's 32, and also Embiid's playing at the best he's ever played. So right now, while we're healthy and have this team and good contracts, like, let's, let's run for it. So... To me, it was just signaling urgency to uh, make a run for this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my initial thoughts were uh, excitement. I, I tweeted it out on the uh, site Twitter. I, I don't know if I should have used the language I did, but it's up there still. So I was really quite excited. I've been a big proponent of this happening ever since it became a possibility. Um, I've been, you know, I've been pretty vocal about pretty much giving up whatever it takes to get Harden, if you can. I've been one of the more, I mean, I'm like one of three people who said, like, if it takes Maxi, it honestly might be the best thing to do. Glad that's not the case. Obviously, you wanted to keep Maxi, but Harden is a really special player. We'll talk about all the concerns. I, I get it. There is obviously some very real downside here, but him accepting his player option for next year is pretty big and gives the Sixers some time to figure this out and to get this ball rolling and, you know, mitigates a lot of that risk as far as him just leaving in the summer, which was still an option before he picked up that option. So, um, yeah, just very excited. I, I think it's going to rock. We get to watch James Harden and Joel Embiid, like, shoot 50 free throws a night, which is going to be great. Um, other teams are going to hate them. Uh, quite a bit. I mean, there, no one's going to be rooting for Philly except the Philly fans, but I feel like that's how we like it. So I'm quite excited. Yeah. My initial thought was like, he actually pulled it off without having to give up any young assets. Like that. I, I think I was just floored that they were able to pull it off without having to include Tyrese or Thibel, mainly Thibel. I, I knew Tyrese was off the table. That, that that was probably the most surprising thing. The, the, my th- first thoughts is that, yes, we were able to pull this off without having to give up a core member of the future. Because I, I, I saw Seth Curry having to be a casualty here. I understood that. That's fine. Drummond, I was shocked, but at the same time, I get it. But, yeah, no, um... For me, I, I think I think I was just happy that they pulled it off without having to give up their core of the future. 
So there, there's still life without after Harden and Embiid. I think that's the idea here. There's life without those two. Or, well, without Harden anyway, you know, in his prime. Um, so, Jonathan, my next question for you is, do you think, do you predict Harden will be, how do you, sorry, excuse me, let me start over. How do you predict Harden will impact the Sixers on the court? Since the trade happened, I've been solely focused on the one impact he's going to have that's going to be that pick-and-roll game with Embiid, and not an exaggeration or bias. Like, that could be the best pick-and-roll game in the history of basketball. They have, like, Harden runs it better than anyone at the point, and Embiid runs it better than any big man. So that's the biggest thing that I can't wait to see. Like, I'm extremely excited to watch how the pick-and-roll game runs in Philly. Yeah, I, I mean, stylistically, it's going to be really fascinating to see how these two guys work it out. Obviously, Harden has been a pretty ball-dominant player over the course of his career. Joel has been a very ball-dominant player by necessity in Philadelphia. It's going to take some time, but Harden's one of the most gifted offensive players we've ever seen. Like, we're not that far removed from him like putting up 36-12 and 12 every night in Houston. He's not quite the same player he is been noticeably struggling at times this season but he's still a really brilliant player as you said john he's one of the best pick and roll guards one of the best facilitators on planet earth when he's healthy and when he's getting downhill he's one of the best scorers out there um again like a top 10 nba player this is a legitimate superstar normally when you put two legitimate superstars together they figure it out and you know you can point to brooklyn as that not always being the case but i I, you know, I think there were issues beyond the on-court fit there. Um, so I, I'm very excited. I think he makes them a real title contender. I, I certainly don't really have any qualms, again, with the trade. There are definite concerns, but um, he's going to make a big impact offensively. So I'm, I'm very excited. My thought is simple. Now we get to see Tobias Harris in his natural role as a third scorer. The contract is still horrendous, don't get me wrong. But now he's not going to have that, you know, pressure to be the the second guy scoring wise. He'll everything he gives us above like 17 points per game is basically gravy. Cuz you know James Harden and Joel Embiid are going to be dominating, you know, probably averaging, you know, above 23 points per game the both of them. Don't forget about Tyrese Maxey still emerging. So as much as I would like Maxi to be a secondary scorer, it, as far as pecking order goes this season, at least, Tobias Harris will still probably get more touches, which is fine, whatever. I mean, I get it, I guess. Not really, but it's Doc Rivers. Um, so we get to see Tobias Harris in his natural role, and that's what I'm excited for um, on the court. I know that's a little bit of a offshoot there of what everybody's normally expecting, but that was my big thought there. But I, I guess we can go to the, our next question. Jonathan, what concerns do you have with Harden? First, a lesser concern, but I can't say it didn't cross my mind about like potentially him being upset and wanting to leave. Obviously, that happening twice in the last 18 months with Houston and Brooklyn. I, I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue. I really don't. But that did cross my mind at a point today. But a little larger concern is obviously his hamstring. I mean, I, he sat out the last four games – the reason was his hamstring. Honestly, I doubt that. I think it was more surrounding this trade possibility. But it's we still have to take into consideration that he's missed games each of the last few years due to a sore hamstring, and that's not something that can like easily. Like, that, that's not something you repair. It's just kind of rest to get better. So, um, I mean, that's my primary concern. But uh, hoping everything's okay. Yeah, I think age and injury are obviously the big ones. That next contract, assuming he signs it in Philadelphia, is probably going to be a really big one. And he's going to be being paid like possibly 50, 60 million in like his age 37 season. That's scary. I get it. But you are again trying to maximize Joel Embiid's title window right now. That's the whole point of this trade. There's not a better one two punch on planet Earth frankly, right now than Joel Embiid and James Harden. Like, there's just not a more talented duo in the NBA right now. So I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. Obviously, again, with, like, the, the fit concerns, I'm kind of interested to see how Tyrese Maxey's going to look next to James. Um, that, that You know, he hasn't really even figured out how to play 
off the ball with Joel yet. He's going to be spending a lot more time off the ball with Harden. I, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what happens with Tyrese's protection, but I, I think he'll figure it out. He's a hard worker. He's a very selfless player. Um, And also, like, Thibault's probably going to be the starting small forward still. The Sixers don't have a ton of, like, shooting in that lineup around James and Joel. Obviously, Harris can shoot and James can shoot and Tyrese has been shooting, but those aren't, like, quick trigger spot-up shooters. Um, Tobias can be that when he wants to be, but he just doesn't want to be as often as he needs to be. Um, you still have Niang, you still have Danny, Korkmaz, those guys off the bench, so I'm not super worried about it. Um, I'm interested to see how Doc staggers his rotations. Hopefully, he staggers his rotations, but, um, yeah, it's not like the most James Harden lineup of all time. You know, he's going to have to learn how to play next to a dominant big man and Joel. Joel's going to have to learn how to play next to a guy who even more so than Jimmy Butler is going to be controlling possessions late in games. They're going to have to figure out how to work off one another. Harden's going to have to figure out a new role, but um, yeah, I mean, these are the risks you have to take when you put superstars together. So I'm, I'm really not too worried about it. I am very excited as I keep saying, like at the end of every question is I'm just really excited to see how this works out. So some good points uh chris i i tend to agree with the contract extension portion of this that's not like the ideal situation i believe and i'm looking it up right now but i i believe it's somewhere between over the next extension would be a total of like 274 million i'll let you know if that's correct or not i'm, I'm checking in now but the main the main re the main issue that i have here and chris you kind of touched on it a little bit here is his fit in terms of well, how James Harden affects Tyrese Maxey. I have legit concerns that this will stunt or possibly ruin the development of Tyrese Maxey. I like the idea of maybe taking some of the ball handling responsibilities off of Harden, you know, so that he can kind of get himself back into shape and maybe put more of the, pro, you know, so that he can save his legs for the playoffs because he has a lot of mileage on him. You know, maybe Maxi is the good, maybe Maxi can actually help preserve Harden in a way with his ability to, you know, his, his ability to learn how to play make um, and his scoring ability. Who knows? Yeah. I think um, that's a really good point though. Like broadly speaking, I, I think one of our biggest concerns over the years has been preserving Joel and like limiting his workload. Harden's going to help with that. Joel can take a load off of Harden. Again, Maxie's there. He can he can handle the ball, play a lot of minutes too. There should never be a point in the game where at least one of Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxie isn't on the floor. And I, I pray to God, Doc, if I see another all-bench lineup with those three guys on the bench, especially if Tobias is somehow on the bench with them too, I'm going to be so upset. It's going to break my heart. I, I cannot imagine he'll do it. Also, I can because he's Doc Rivers. So mm -hmm. that's my big concern is that I, I just please don't let that happen. But he's he's going to do it. He's going to do it and it's going to piss me off. But yeah, like these guys should be able to help ease each other's burdens mm -hmm. respectively. I, I agree that this isn't like the ideal situation for Maxi's development as a player, but he's been really good this year. I, I I don't think I think he figures it out. I think Maxie's a smart, hardworking kid. I think he figures it out, but there is that concern. Yeah, I do want to know real quick that Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports has reported that James Harden will be wearing number one because his normal thirteen is, of course, retired in Philadelphia for the late grade um, Will Chamberlain. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and I, I also like with Maxie and Harden, the Sixers for years the big issues they've like not had guards who can dribble and put pressure on the rim. Now they have two guards, Harden less so this year, but when they're healthy, two of like the best rim pressure guards in the league, that's going to be super cool. And that's going to help all the shooters. That's going to help Joel. So mm -hmm. this could be a really dynamic offense. If they figure it out, Max is going to have to take a back seat. Tobias is going to have to take a back seat, but if they buy in and they all do their parts, which I'm sure Maxi at least will, it could be a really potent and interesting group of players. I, I will say one other thing. I am kind of concerned about the pick and roll game, Jonathan. I, I know you're big on Joel being as a role man, pick pick and roll player, but he's honestly not that great. He's not a he's not a spectacular roller. He's more of a pop guy, which is fine. But like Yeah, pick and it, pop. 
Yeah, but like at the same time, I'm not like I don't think it's gonna be as potent as we think it's gonna be. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I don't. He's not a great screen. I mean, he's okay, but he's not. Do you like, remember a great JJ screen. and Embiid? Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's it's a that's that's a dribble handoff. Capella. That's a dribble handoff, not a pick and roll. That's those Joel, are two. Joel's not gonna be like Clint Capella, but that two man game working off each other, pick and pops, DHOs, whatever. Yeah. That's going to be a really – it's going to be hard to defend. It doesn't yeah. really matter what Joel does or what James does. Like, they're just hard to defend. So, I, yeah. I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I That's all I got on this portion, guys. Chris, you want to take the next portion of this podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, talk about our old friend, number 25. Uh. Um, ben Simmons obviously going to Brooklyn now. John, what are your feelings – about Ben no longer being on the team. So I was trying to think of the best way to paint this picture. And I think one of the worst things I hate, like doing more than anything in the entire world is moving, but I would do, I would pay money to go to Ben's house and help him load up the U-Haul. I mean, (laughs) I would take every piece of furniture out of that apartment, which would take days. (laughs) Thank you. You're high that would take days, but I would do it all, and I would pay to do that because I just want to get him out of here. So I'd, I'd drive up there, get it out of here right now. I, I'm so happy that I don't ever have to occupy mind, like my mind with 2-5 ever again. <laughs> I kind of think of it as... You have the you everybody has that one family member that always causes drama. And if my family is watching, listening to this, no, I'm not talking about you. But you always have <laughs> you you always have one family member that usually is like the center of problems. And then they like, oh, I'm gonna move. And you know that feeling that you get when they're moving, when they're getting ready to leave, or when they leave. That that's that's how I feel. That's how yeah. I feel. Not calling out any particular family member here, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I have been like notoriously soft on Ben. I guess I, you, I think that's you have. You, you, I, you, it is. It is. I am relieved to not have to talk about it anymore. I, I mean, part of me still kind of like feels bad for the dude, but it, it was really tiresome, and what? it got to the point where we were just like beating a dead horse week after week, you know. I'm so glad that we don't have to do that anymore. The horse has been cremated. It's there's nothing left to kick. The I'm even more glad bad. that it didn't end with like Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. Like it ends with James Harden, which is just like the best possible outcome. So that helps. But yeah, I'm quite relieved. I I'm not like wishing him ill in Brooklyn or anything. Like you know, I I, I hope he turns it around and can get back to what he's doing because. Uh, but um yeah john how do you think he's gonna fit with the nets what's your prediction so i mean taking like the hate for ben out of it i mean scheme wise like roster wise he actually fits pretty well i I think i don't know if there were enough basketballs to go around when kd Kyrie, and harden were all on the floor i mean they i think they were incredible in their what i think it was like 13 and 3 in the 16 16 games yeah yeah i mean they played great but i think like at some point they were all taking a little step back in their games and i think ben not shooting and helping create floor space and get shots for uh kd and Kyrie, and also adding defense to that team which they notoriously don't have so i think like roster wise he's a great fit for brooklyn actually i mean you think about it KD and Kyrie, they they score enough. They could get you thirty each on any given night. And the rest of their roster, I mean, they have they have people that can score. Cam Thomas, Patty Mills. I mean, you, you could, and Ben will get his fifteen any given night too, just based based on off of fast break points and offensive rebounds. But yeah, I like his fit as a facilitator and a you know lockdown defender on that roster. I mean. He he makes them pretty good. I mean, it's not like they're – I don't think they're – I think their offense will actually flow even smoother now because there's going to be – there's less mouths to feed, like uh, Jonathan said. Yeah, I mean, look, end of the day, Ben is a three-time All-Star. He's one of the best defenders on the planet. He gives them a lot of schematic versatility on the defensive end, which they've been lacking, which they really value because they twitch a lot. 
I don't really know how the center rotation is going to work out there, but they can go small with Ben and Durant in the front court, and they have a whole bunch of shooting now. Once Joe Harris gets back, they're going to have Joe Harris if he Steph gets Curry, back and Patty Mills. Like that's a lot of like really elite gravity shooters with Kyrie and KD. So it's pretty much like paradise as far as Ben Simmons' offensive fit is concerned. I'm, I you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he's going to be able to work out of the pick and roll now, play in the post, be a power forward. Like, he has to buy into that role still. He never bought into it in Philly, never bought into it really with Jimmy. He he almost did with Brett Brown in that bubble season, but then he got hurt. But, yeah. Yeah, and part of that's just on the Sixers for never yeah. really earnestly trying it. But, like, if he does buy in, and even if he doesn't, he's going to be really good there. The Nets can cover up for his lack of he, offense. He's going to be a, power, a point forward there, not a point guard. He's going to be the point forward on that team. Yeah, which I think is a better fit. Everyone's going to look towards the playoffs. They're much better equipped to cover up for him just not shooting in the fourth quarter or anything than Philly was. That he can really focus on just playing his butt off defensively mm-hmm. and pushing the tempo and letting Durant and Kyrie when he's healthy like mm-hmm. carry that load. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty ideal fit. Um, and I like his fit next to little Marcus Aldridge or Blake Griffin as well as big men. I think Blake's starting to play better now, and LaMarcus is a floor stretcher as well. So I think it works. Yeah, and I guess that brings me to my next question to you, John, is are are the Nets as constructed right now with Simmons, Curry, and Drummond? Are they better than they were with Harden? I mean, I think they are just because, like, it's a definite because Harden was slacking uh, recently and clearly wasn't himself and didn't want to be there. So obviously removing that and adding the pieces as we just talked, like the fit, um, I think they're better. If if Harden was playing at the level that we know he can, I think it's a pretty close toss-up. I mean, I think they are a little deeper, obviously, and it gives – like Seth Curry helps stretch the floor. So I'd probably say they are better, but just by a little bit. I'll say this. I think the addition of Andre Drummond to that roster is very underrated. Drummond – I mean, two seasons removed, he was, you know, playing at an all-star level. He's He can be a 10-20 and 20 guy, you know, opposite of a 20-10, and 10, but a 10-20 and 20 guy any given night. The guy can rebound. He's a good defender. Granted, he's a little out of shape. We know this. And he's sometimes the, the energy level is low. But based on how many centers the Nets do have, they don't need him for big, you know, clumps of it. And it gives them an actual, like – Big body because Nick Nick Claxton is skinny. Lamarcus Aldridge is old. Blake Griffin's playing out of position, and James Johnson is small. So, like, I mean, you got a legit center now on that team that you could throw at Giannis. You could throw at Joel. Granted, Joel will probably Giannis would both probably school him, but at least it's a bigger body that would cause a little bit more more wear and tear. If you know what I mean, so I, think- I I like it. I like I I think. Them getting Drummond is a big steal for them, and I think it. I I don't like. I under. I'm okay with Drummond going, but it doesn't mean that I like it because I I really did like what Drummond gave the Sixers this season. Lucas, I think the best defender of Joel on the Nets might be Simmons. No, no, you don't think? No, Joel. Okay, Giannis bullied Simmons, and Giannis isn't nearly as you know thick as Joel. So okay, but okay. Drummond can't do anything yeah. against him. Think MVP. about the other options. Drummond has been roasted and toasted every time they've ever played yep. each other. Fair. Claxton is skin and bones. Yep, fair. Lamarcus Aldridge is forty seven years old. Yeah, it might be Ben. It might be Ben. They're gonna like have to swarm him and bring doubles. Well okay, do you use Ben do you use Ben on Joel or do you use Ben yeah, on or do you use Harden? Harden? Yeah, that's the thing. But do, yeah. I, I'd put Ben on Joel, honestly. I don't think that I if I'm the Nets, I wouldn't do that. I, Otherwise, you, have, you put Ben on Harden and you let Joel get 50 every single night. You might have to. <laughs> you might have to. Yeah. That that is gonna be an amazing one-on-one matchup. And, and by by, by the way, and by the way, you can play Ben off the floor in a playoff series. We've seen it how the how you do it. You hack a Ben. If I if I wanted to like okay the Sixers play the Nets what uh, March tenth right if I wanted to troll uh, Ben because it's going to be in Philly if I'm Doc Rivers I start a uh, you know guy that's not going to be playing at all for the rest of the game I I play, I start Jaden Springer right 
just for kicks and giggles, right? And I tell Jaden Springer, every time Ben touches the ball, you hack a Ben until you foul out. That will mess with Ben's psyche so much. I agree. I love that strategy. I, but I, 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 I would do it every single no time. that Ben's yeah. going to play on March 10th. There's just no way. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I, I will. Say are we gonna are we gonna make a bet out of this? Statistically, statistically, Hackaband is like good offense. Like it, they score more points per possession that way than the other way generally. But yeah, I mean, again, but like Brooklyn is better equipped to handle Ben getting psyched out and just kind of passing the ball around than Philly was. I, you know, they like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when they're both playing or. It's two of the greatest scorers on the planet. So they're, they're I'm just bit... I'm just saying, if you want to take Ben off the floor as a defensive X at factor at late in games, hack a Ben. I mean, that's that's what the Hawks did in, in, in what game six or seven. It actually started working. Like Doc Rivers started doing that, but it was I I don't know. I I would just like to see it at least. And, you know, assuming that he plays on, you know, March 10th. Yeah. I, I, and then part of me, part of me, this is like the cynical part of me. Part of me wants Ben to try to prove us wrong and try to take as many jump shots as possible in that game. And I want him to airball all of them, except uh, for one. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as like my two cents, I, I, I think Brooklyn clearly would have preferred to have James Harden bought in, but absent that possibility, it just doesn't, again, doesn't seem like he was bought in. This is about as good as you can do. I agree. Like Ben Fitz, Curry's going to help a lot. Drummond gives them some size that's going to help a lot in most matchups. So they're not perfectly built but it's pretty close and there isn't really a better roster in the league for ben's particular skill set as we've seen it deployed so far so um the nets are really good they're like the betting favorites to win the championship still in vegas i think for a reason they like they do now have the best james Harden defender on the planet so i i don't want to like discount brooklyn as it like they're still a very real contender they might be the best team in the east when they're all healthy and things get rolling so that's a really good team um yeah so yeah i'm gonna say this guys i i before you guys answer i'm just gonna say this i i think the sixers won this trade but i mean i think both teams won this trade but what are you guys' thoughts i think it's really close i mean i think that people always say there can never be a fair trade one team's always got to win but like this is really damn close um, as I've said before, like I would have preferred the offseason trade, I think, well, I was expecting it. I don't know if I would have preferred it, but with all that said in the NBA, the team that always wins the trade is a team that gets the singular best player in the trade. And I think Harden was that. So I'm going to go with the Sixers. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I generally use that logic too, John. Um, Harden's the best player. Sixers got the best player. It's hard to complain, but again, like Brooklyn, Given the circumstances for both teams, like Ben didn't want to play in Philly, Brooklyn, Harden didn't want to play in Brooklyn, that core clearly isn't meshing. There were locker room problems, whatever. You know, they're better set up now for the future. They have some more trade flexibility in the future. They get younger, and they're still really good. They're still, like, well-equipped to contend for a championship. So this is about as good as it could have been for both teams. Like, this was probably the best possible outcome for both teams. Um given the circumstances. So I'm kind of with you, Lucas. I think they both kind of won. I, I'm. It's going to be fascinating if they actually end up playing each other in like a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it would be really – I'm worried that a lot of Sixer fans would like jump on Maury if they lost that series, which, again, is very possible. Brooklyn's a killer team, and they got Kevin Durant. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think this was the best outcome for both teams. It pushes Philly right to the top of the the contender power rankings. So um I I, I think it's a win win. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a win win, like I said earlier. But I just I wanna disagree with Stephen A. Smith of ESPN. Stephen A. Smith said that the Sixers clearly lost this trade because they made Brooklyn better. I think both teams got better. I can't rightfully say who's the better team right now because I haven't seen how all the pieces fit together on the court together. And that's going to be kind of hard because, you know, they still only have Kyrie half the time anyway. 
Because, you know, this team with Ky- Brooklyn with and without Kyrie is a big difference. So that's just my two cents there. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I think the in-division thing is notable. Like, they traded Ben to their biggest conference division rival like that. That's the team standing in their way is Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. I, it's not ideal, but you got to do it to get James Harden. You know what I mean? It's James mm-hmm. Harden. You got to take the plunge. Um, so, yeah, I. If you guys couldn't Simmons, tell, Chris really loves James Harden. Simmons can really defend James. Like, no one gives James Harden problems like Ben Simmons. Like, that's a real potential issue in the playoffs. But, but you know, Brooklyn no still one on nobody. Brooklyn can guard Joel Embiid. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully it happens. I'm, you know, I'm the only thing is it. that we don't have anybody to guard um, Kevin Durant either because you're going to – Thibault's too small. He's not big enough. You're going to have to put Thibault on Kyrie. You, don't you remember the Olympics? Thibault, Thibault has done it. Yeah, yeah Thibault. Oh, that's right. He did. He did get that block shot against Kevin Durant. I totally forgot about. He that. played him well Thibault, in the Olympics. Yeah, Thibault on KD. You let Tyrese chase around Kyrie to the best of his ability. You know, Tyrese there. has become an underrated dev- defender. I'm going to say that right now. I think Tyrese is going to be a uh, above average to very good defender in his career. I think. His shot blocking is very underrated. And I think he's just he's good at keeping his guy in front of him, too. So that I'll say that. But let's go on to the next question here. Guys, and Jonathan, you answer first. Are the Sixers a championship contender after this trade? I think they absolutely are, but the keyword is contender. I mean, this trade is built, makes the roster built for win now, but I'm not sure I'm gonna call them the favorites just yet. I think the Bucs are playing incredible, and they just added Serge Ibaka, which obviously makes them a threat. And, I mean, Golden State and Phoenix are running away with it in the West. So um, I'm still incredibly intimidated by those two teams and um, not sure if we would come out of the East depending on, like, I mean, do you want to play Brooklyn and Milwaukee or how the seeding works out? But, I mean, they're clearly a contender. That's, that's a definite. Yeah, I think if – if Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons, there's a pretty strong argument that Brooklyn's the favorite in the East still. And Milwaukee obviously just won the championship. So I yeah, agree. We you, can't John. discount Miami either. I agree with you, John. Yeah. I mean, Miami, Chicago, the, Cleveland, there are a lot of good teams in the East this year. I don't think Philly is a shoe in by any stretch, but they are a contender now. I don't really think they were a true contender before this trade. So that's really the big change here. If I had to pick a team right now, like who do I think is going to win it all? I'm probably rocking with Phoenix, but this really does put Philly on the map. You would put Phoenix in front of Golden State? Yeah, I mean, like, Phoenix is just killing it right now. I, I, I get it. I get it. Whoever wins the West is probably going to win the NBA Finals. I just don't know who's going to win the West yeah, right now. Yeah, but again, like, there's no more talented two-man punch than Joel Embiid and James Harden. They have two top ten players. I, I, there's really no mm-hmm. other team in the NBA right now that can say that. So, no, I mean, you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Kyrie's not a top ten player. James is okay. better than Kyrie. Yeah, so, fair point. Fair point. The closest thing is like LeBron and AD, and yeah. like the Lakers are in the. You know, I was very it. surprised that they turned down a trade for John Wall and a first for. I I would have done that. No, no, he, Houston yeah. wanted the first. Oh, I still would have done that. Uh, it's certainly debatable. I, I don't, <laughs> but I still would have done it. I would have. I'm sorry, Westbrook is trash right now. Like he's a top seventy-five player of all time, but he is not. This fall is horrendous from Grace. It is, it is bad. Sorry, I know this isn't Sixers talk, but anyway, yeah, I think they're a championship contender too. There's a lot of good teams in the East. The East is probably the most stacked it's been since the '90s in terms of pure talent. Um, and it's hard to see say who's going to come out. I mean, now Toronto's starting to make a push now that they're healthy and they're get, got their groove back together now. I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, now Boston's starting to get their everybody's starting to get their groove now, and it, the East is going to be a bloodbath. And there's going to be at least one or two teams that we consider a contender that's going to go home in the first round. I doubt that's going to be the Sixers. But uh, if you told me, huh? Not don't, jinx, don't jinx it. Yeah. 
There, I knocked on wood. All right, let's let's do the buyout market. It's, it's we're over forty five minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, real quick, guys. Um, what do you think the Sixers need from the buyout market? Because they do have an open roster spot from this trade. Uh, what players specifically come to your mind, Jonathan? Well, I think the clear positions are you, you need a backup veteran point guard, and you're going to need a backup center. I, I think Chris is going to touch on the center a little bit, but for point guard, I mean, names that pop up are. Goran Dragic, who's probably going to get bought up by the Spurs, or maybe Dennis Schroeder. I think either of those guys could just give a, like a identity to a bench team that kind of got a little thin today. So um, that's what I'd be looking at. So here's my brief rebuttal to that: is like, do you really like Shake is going to come back soon? Mm-hmm. Do you really need anyone else other than James and Tyrese? Like, just stagger those guys. Do we really I... need Dennis Schroeder? I I, do, I would not go after Dennis Schroeder, and I don't think he would. I come mean, here. I would go after Dennis Schroeder on like the vet men because he's a really good player. Yeah, but, but I don't. I don't think it's like a need. No, well, let me say this. Let me let me let me say this. Dennis Schroeder wants minutes, and he wants money. Sixers can't really offer a lot of both. Um, I do like Drogic. I think that could be a, a, a steal there. You know, um, there's other players that will probably get bought out too that we're not thinking of. Um, yeah, I I think. Like going back to the centers, DJ Deller just got bought out by Portland. I think oh, that'd be a good one. That's a name to watch out for. Um, but I mean, beyond that, I'm honestly like on the Bassey Paul Reed train. Just give those guys 10 minutes a night behind Joel. I, I, I think they're Bassey, especially, seems ready. Like stylistically, he's a pretty perfect fit with James. He's like that lob threat that Harden likes to work with. So I, I think Paul Reed is a better lob threat than. Than Bassey, but Bassey's better what? at setting screen. Yeah, Paul Reed's a much more athletic player than Bassey. Paul Reed doesn't like that's just not how he's ever played. He, he he's a pick doesn't... and roll. He's well, a pick and roll big. Chris, I support the uh the fact that I think we have someone on the roster that could be a good uh backup center. I just I'm I'm a little concerned about the playoffs. That's that's it. I don't true, but playoffs is like like I know we all have like bad flashbacks to Greg Monroe, but Playoffs are theoretically where backup center is the least important because at least you'll have James Harden again. Knock on wood, stagger the rotations. You'll have at least one of James Harden and Joel Embiid on the floor at all times. That probably won't happen because it's Doc, and then it'll be a real big issue. And then we're just going to whine about it on a podcast. But until then, I'm going to pretend like it's going to be perfectly staggered, and we're not going to have to deal with that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine with Bassey being the guy. Uh, I, one, I, I know we talked about this off the air, and I know you guys aren't big ideas about this, but if Willie Colley Stein got his personal issues uh, figured out, I think he would be an ideal uh, pick here too. I, I don't think he's a terrible option. Um, I'd have to do more research. I think, and the other thing is, guys, we still don't have a wing that you know, long athletic wing that produces a lot of defensive stops. I mean, if your two best wing defenders is Matisse Thibel, a zero on offense or one out of ten on offense, and then Charlie Brown Jr., who's on a two-way contract, we I mean, Danny Green, I, well, okay, maybe Danny Green's better than Charlie Brown Jr., but, like, Danny's been injured most of the season, so I can't really trust him. I'm not going to say – I mean, the other two needs are legit. I'm not denying that, but we you basically are looking for the best available out of those three, to be honest. Whoever yeah, the best look, available. The best player who gets spot out is who Philly should go after mm. first. It really doesn't matter what position they play. Like, go for talent. But I, I'm really not terribly worried about it because they have Joel and James Harden. Like, I don't think there's a super – like, obviously there are holes. Again, the athleticism on the wing, that's an issue. Harden's not going to give you any defense on the perimeter. But, like, relative to where we were two days ago – there aren't really any new holes that have opened up. So no. I, I think Harden, again, like the backup point guard thing, there should just never be a time where both Harden and Tyrese are on the bench. And, and, and like Shake, I think it's fine as the third guard. So I, I'm not really worried about it. I would like to see Shake more of a shooting guard in some lineups though. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think, Point guard, I'm not concerned about. Wing, I'm not super concerned about. I, I would like to see a veteran center like Cody Zeller or, uh, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein. Somebody, somebody else. Somebody that, that I I would trust more in a playoff series than a rookie. No offense to Charlie, Charles Bassey. I, you know, I think you'll be great. 
prove me wrong, big man. I, I, I would love to see it. And no Paul Millsap at center, please. I think he's I think he's just about done. But on that note, Chris, you want to go ahead and play us out, man? Yeah. Uh John, thanks again, man, for coming on. We always enjoy it. Um Yeah, I appreciate it. Again soon. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. We got Harden and Embiid. It's a good day. Yeah, quite a good day. Um <laughs> it's a great there's, day. There's a lot of celebrating going on around Philadelphia. I know that. I'm celebrating down here in Georgia. Um it's very exciting. I'm hyped. I'm really excited to see how this this goes. Um, we'll have more James Harden talk coming up in the next few weeks, I'm sure. Um, they are both right now slated to play against each other in the All-Star game in a couple weeks. Like, There's going to be plenty to talk about. And Kevin Durant made sure he didn't pick James Harden. He re- chose Rudy Gobert over James Harden Yeah, with the last pick. That was hilarious. It was a truly beautiful moment. Um, Petty yeah. missed yeah it's really exciting guys to all our listeners as always thank you for tuning in to yet another week's episode of the six or cents podcast please like subscribe follow along give us five stars if you can on apple Podcasts, spotify google play audible or you can listen at our website the six where you can read our written work about james harden um yeah peace out guys have a good one Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.